get off the sidelines. Time to get in the game. Hey doc, which nutritional supplement should I take to improve my health? Or hey doc, which nutritional supplement should I take for XYZ disease? These are some of the common questions that I get on a daily basis on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and from patients in my office that I see. Now, if you've known me for the last 15 years, you know that I love the idea of nutritional supplements. I've spoken about it. Um, I use it, but you also know that I'm a very big advocate of the proper use of nutritional supplement and choosing the proper nutritional supplement because I see that in the modern day and age, we've actually replaced medications with nutritional supplements, meaning that the exact question that I, that I started this off with, what supplement can I take for XYZ disease? You kind of guys kind of see the rationale behind that. Now, that pretty much means that we don't necessarily understand what nutritional supplements are supposed to do. And this is, this is the whole reason why I wanted to do this, this podcast episode is to kind of clear up a bunch of things surrounding supplementation. I don't want to put down supplementation because I do, I do feel that there's still a place, you know, I use it in practice when needed, but I also don't use it as a crutch. Okay. So in this, in this episode, we're going to go over why I feel you need to use supplementations when I feel that you don't need to use supplementations and why that is the case. And then we're going to show you how to choose a supplement in the case that you need to use it. Now, let's start off with why the average person would probably need supplementation. So if you look in our food supply, the majority of the foods that we're eating today are not as nutrient dense as it was 50, 60, 70 years ago. This is pretty evident. You can read a book called Empty Harvest and, uh, and all these other books that show how uh, improper farming methods, deforestation, all of these things change the nutrient content of the soils that a lot of these, these uh, crops are grown in. Now, you take those crops that have less nutrient dense um, you know, c- capacities and you then process that even further into the majority of the foods that the average person is eating today, and that nutrient profile drops even further. Then you put that food in your mouth, and your body can only extract a certain amount of nutrients from the food that you're eating, and then it passes the rest. So you kind of see how nutrient, um, the nutrient profile diminishes over the course from ground to your cell. Right. So the average person who is not eating, eating something directly from the ground or is not growing their own crop is going to be significantly nutrient deficient. Now, the problem becomes where our government has put these labels, uh, you know, the nutritional labels on, you know, foods and, and supplements, and it uses a a system called the RDA, the recommended daily allowance. Now, there's a it that became, in my opinion, the, the biggest misnomer and the biggest folly uh, for nutrition. And this started in World War II when they needed to understand at what levels were the soldiers experiencing these nutrient deficient diseases like scurvy, like beriberi, pellagra. All of these were diseases that occurred when their corresponding nutrients were low. 
So the government set out, they did all of these studies and they looked and they said, well, we found out these levels that once the nutrient levels drop in the body, then these diseases would appear. So what they did was they then took that number and this, they, they slapped it on and they said, we need to fortify all these foods so that it reaches this minimum level. And then they called that the, the, D, um, the RDA, okay? Um, and then they changed it over the years to the DRI. And then there's all these different changes of, of what they considered your nutrient levels. Now, the problem becomes where a lot of people look at it and says, well, I'm getting 100% of vitamin C or 100% of vitamin B. And you get this false sense of health security that just because something says 100%, you feel safe. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything for your cells. It means that you're not going to experience scurvy or beriberi or pellagra. You know, you're, you're safe in that realm. But as far as giving your cells what it needs to function at an optimal level, that we don't necessarily have a number for that that will satisfy everybody because that goes back to an idea called biochemical individuality where one person's needs is going to vary from the next person's needs, right? So when we take all of these things into account, we kind of see, well, the average person is not eating the diet that they're supposed to. They're living in an environment that's stressing them out. They lead a lifestyle that doesn't necessarily uh, invite health. So your cells are basically fighting to the nail just to remain in the state of survival. Is there any wonder why we have so many cases of chronic degenerative diseases? Well, no. Now, with that said, you can't just look at nutritional supplements as being the, the cure, right? Because it, let's face it, that's what people are looking for. They're looking for a cure. They're saying, what can I do that's the easiest thing that will get rid of this symptom so that I don't have to or I, I, I can live my life again and I don't have to be in pain. I don't have to have fatigue. That's what the average person is looking for. Unfortunately, that's not the way the supplements work. Now, you have a lot of these health gurus out there that are promoting, you know, copious amounts of these, um, these esoteric supplements, and a lot of them have their place. I truly believe that a lot of them have their place. The problem becomes when the average person is looking at that and saying, I must need those things because that person is taking them so they go out and they um, they search the interwebs or they look on the uh, shelves of walmart or their their local health food store and then they did they just pick out something that is like the person that they saw or what they were recommended start taking it and have no really idea what the heck this thing is doing for them, if anything. Now, when patients come into my office, the average patient is bringing in anywhere between 12 to 15 bottles of different supplements. A lot of them are overlapping. A lot of them, you know, they're not even absorbing. A lot of them, they don't even need. So 
when we look at that and we say, okay, well, does this make sense if I'm spending all this money and it's not really doing anything, it's not doing anything specific for me, then why, why are we doing this, right? Why are we doing this? Well, it comes back down to the mindset of if I do this, I feel safe. My health feels better. And, you know, there's, there's some validity to that. But at the same time, you're giving yourself a false sense of security there. Now, do I, do I feel that you, you need supplements all the time? Not really. Do I feel that you need supplements sometimes? Yes. Now, this is where, you know, like I told you guys before, health is an active participant sport. You got to be on the ball and knowing what your lifestyle is currently like and where your current state of health is. And it's, it, it's not very complicated, guys. It's like if you know that you went out and you did um, a, a very difficult workout or you know that you went out on vacation and you were eating terribly or your stress levels are higher, you know that your current lifestyle as far as dietary lifestyle is not going to fulfill your nutritional needs. That's just if you look at straight logic, you know that. That's not gonna. Um, that's not gonna fill the gap. So in these times, do I recommend supplementation? Absolutely. Do I recommend that you stay on that supplement forever? Not necessarily. Now, w- let's let's start looking at um, supplementation in and of itself. This is where the academic part comes in. So if you're bored about this, you can fast forward. But we have what's called essential nutrients. Essential nutrients are the nutrients that your body cannot make that we need to get from an outside source. So if you don't get anything else from this episode, I want you to remember this, okay? Your food that you intake is the main source of nutrients and energy supply for your cellular needs. Well, let me let me put an asterisk besides energy um, thing because... There's another source of energy, which we won't get to in this podcast, but your body derives energy from the foods that you eat and, and it uses those nutrients that's contained in those foods as well. So it's kind of like building a house and you have the rafters and you have the frame and you have the, the walls going up. That's the nutrients. Um, I mean, that's that's the, uh, the foods that you're eating. Now, supplementation comes in where maybe you, maybe all the things that you put together you know, with the, the, the drywall and the, and the rafters and, you know, all of those things, you need a little bit more support. So the supplements are like finishing nails. They're like the, the screws that, that will hold things together. Um, maybe that's it's a finishing paint to make things work a little bit more efficient. Okay, so you, you can't necessarily just build a house out of just using nails, right? That just be a poor house, right? That'd be the worst house ever. So we have essential nutrients that you need to get from your diet. We have essential vitamins. We have essential minerals, amino acids, fatty acids. You guys can go look this up on Google. It's it's everywhere. But that's what an essential nutrient is. Your body can't make it. Like vitamin C, like goats. Goats can make vitamin C. So you you won't see a goat having to take a vitamin C supplement or having or eating a lot of uh, citrus fruits that contain vitamin C because they make it themselves. Now, we don't. We need to get, that's that's the nutrient that we need to get from our diet. 
But like I said, the problem becomes where the average person is not getting it from their diet and their lifestyle is just wrecking their body as a whole. All right, now let's talk about when we when when I look at a supplement, what am I looking for? Well, first of all, I'm looking for um, whether it's a whole food base or a synthetic base. And there's usage for both, okay? So for uh, the average person who is just wanting to use a supplement for a long-term perspective, I'm always recommending going the whole food route. What does that mean? It means that they took the plant, whether it's a beet or a carrot or something that you can pronounce, that you know, that you learned in like kindergarten, they take that and they, they concentrate that, meaning that it doesn't, they don't extract the active ingredient. They don't take beta carotene from it, extract it, and then put it into the concentrated form, or they don't produce it in a lab. That's a whole food supplement form. Now, this is something that you can use as a long-term perspective because it has a different nutrient profile, has a very different energetic profile, and it's something that your body still recognizes as a food. Now, there are times where a synthetic would come into play. A synthetic will come into play when a person who, this is where basically when the person asks me what I need to take for XYZ disease and we need to boost up a nutrient profile quickly and we need to just get nutri- nutrients in so that we can kind of get the body's biochemical mechanism going again. This is where a synthetic would come in. Okay, a synthetic is one that's produced in the lab. And some people will debate it and say, well, synthetic's exact same form as as the, the active ingredient in the food. And yeah, on paper, they look exactly the same, but I can guarantee you the, the energetic structure, the quantization of that is vastly different from that. And you can see that in, um, they have, they have chrom- um, chromatographs, I don't know the pronunciation, correct pronunciation of that word chromographs i don't know but it's these little you can see the images of it on how it looks on a synthetic versus in a whole food and if you want to do more research on this um, look up dr royal lee he was a founder of a company called standard process and they were the the innovators of whole food supplementation i don't necessarily use standard process anymore because of a lot of it has gone gone to the wayside they changed a lot of their their um their manufacturing processes but Roy, dr royal lee uh, a lot of his a lot of his studies I still utilize and I still fall back on because he's the one that looked at how does whole food supplementation um, differ from synthetic. Okay, so like I said, synthetics can be used, but this is on a short term basis. Well, what? How do you know if it's a synthetic or not? Well, you read the label, and a lot of times it'll say that it's a whole food supplement, not the not not. Not the market whole foods. It's a whole food based supplement, right? So it'll probably say carrot or strawberry or or, or some type of fruit or vegetable in there. A lot of times, if it's a synthetic, you'll see the chemical name. Okay, on some some whole food supplements, it'll have the chemical name because I think that that's a, a labeling thing that they have to include in that. But a synthetic form will often have the chemical name of it whether it's, you know, like methylcobalamin or cyanocobalamin, um, pyridoxal 5-phosphate, all of those things are the synthetic forms. Like I said, it's not necessarily bad, but 
um, it doesn't work the same long term as it does a whole food base. Okay, so sometimes you need a synthetic form. How do you know if you need it? Well, if you if you're going through a chronic health disease, your body just needs any type of nutrition, right? And my you know my belief is that the majority of diseases comes from a mitochondrial dysfunction, which comes and stems from improper nutrient levels, improper levels of toxicity, all of these things that doesn't doesn't make your mitochondria happy. So we gotta we gotta boost that nutritional profile quickly. Now, do we stay on that forever? Not necessarily, okay? Now, whenever you're looking at stuff like minerals, because, you know, that's a big depletion in our body, you got to make sure that it's chelated, right? And uh, I like the amino acid over the salt forms. Um, and you you just, you got to know how to read labels. You know, I don't know how to how else to kind of explain that is you got to be able to, and this is stuff that you guys can look up on Google, by the way. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat stuff that you guys can already look up. So minerals, amino acid, chelated form, um, you know, like stuff like magnesium, malate, all that kind of stuff is a is a chelated form. All right, now let's move on to stuff that people don't necessarily think about, which is what shouldn't be in a supplement. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff that a lot of manufacturers are using called binders, fillers, and flowing agents, and while this is not a uh, it's not necessarily something that's an overt toxin where you take it and you're gonna feel really bad right off the bat, but more so on the sense of bioaccumulation and um, altering how that nutrient would be absorbed. Because there's some binders and fillers that actually affect nutrient absorption. So you guys can look on that stuff. It's often labeled in the other ingredients. You know, like stuff like magnesium stearates, uh, calcium stearates, any of the stearates, uh, stearic acid, um, those are the big, bigger players. But these flowing agents and uh, and binders and fillers aren't aren't conducive to absorption, and some some of them can actually cause inflammation. I've seen I've seen that happen. So look on your labels, um, do some research into it, and then um, and then you know make your decision there. So the next part that we have to look at with supplementation is asking the question, if I'm taking this supplement, does it actually get to the cells? Because just because you take something in doesn't necessarily mean that it's working at a biochemical level. Now, if it doesn't get to the cells, then it's pretty much expensive pee. Like what everybody else is saying, right? You got that whole whole series of advocates saying you never need nutritional supplements because it's just expensive pee. Then you have that other faction of people saying you need supplements all the time. Well, you got to be somewhere in the middle, right? Then you got to ask the question, does it get to the cells? First part that you got to look at is disintegration. Does it actually break down? If it's a tablet, does it break down from a tablet? Because you're your cells can't use a tablet. It has to break down to its individual components. So whenever they make these supplements, what they do is they take it um, and it's extracted and put in a powder form and then they put it under this machine that presses this powder together and it's tons and tons of pressure to keep the nutrient together. Now when you're, you take it into your body, your body has to disintegrate the tablet. So if they use a lot of coatings and if they use high amounts of pressure 
um, it doesn't necessarily do that. This is why they use binders and fillers partly, you know, actually the binders and fillers will also be because they don't want the machines is mixing up the powder. They don't want that they all cake up. But the binders and fillers also aid in the, the disintegration of the tablet. The second part is dissolution. So once it breaks down, does it actually get into solutions? Because if it doesn't get into solution, it never goes to the next step is absorption. So if it doesn't, you know, dissolve within, you know, the aqueous solution in your stomach into your small intestine, and it'll never get absorbed through the through the gastrointestinal layer. Now, say it makes that step. It has to be assimilated into the cell. This is what they call bioaccumulation. I mean bioavailability, bioaccumulation. Bio bioavailability. Okay. It has to be bioavailable to the cells. So it has to break down from a tablet. It has to dissolve. It has to be absorbed. And then it has to be assimilated into the cell. Now, that's still only the fourth step. The fifth step is that once it gets into the cell, or once it gets to the cell, I should say, it needs to cause some type of cell signaling to occur because the whole goal of, of the supplement is to create a physiological change in the cell. So if it gets to the cell, the cell has to create a physiological change. It either utilizes it for some type of um, metabolic process or it, um, it will use it for some type of signaling, one of the two, okay? This should happen anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes, by the way, okay? Now, I'm, I'm gonna get comments, people are gonna say, well, there's more to that as well. This is just the basics, guys. I, I just wanna get through the basics for the average person to, to remember that it needs to, it needs to break down, it needs to dissolve, it needs to absorb, and it needs to assimilate, and it needs to be bioavailable, okay? If it doesn't do one of those steps, it's not an effective supplement. Now, how do you know? How do you know if it's, if it's doing that? Well, most, most companies should actually have monographs, meaning what they do is they actually have lab tests that will show some of these things. It'll show the dissolution rate. It'll show the bioavailability. They, they should have ran some type of lab profile because you can run, you know, studies and, and and blood tests on vitamin D, where you know you take vitamin D pre, uh, you take the blood pre, and then you take the vitamin D, and then you um, take vitamin, you take the vitamin D levels after it, and you can see the drastic change. If the vitamin D is bioavailable, you'll see a rise in it. If it's not, then it goes down. Now, a lot of the tests, though, it does not necessarily. It does not necessarily tell you immediately that it has, um, you know, you know, some type of assimilation into the cell and creates cellular change. This is where studies that are longer term, this is where you can see changes in the studies and, and, and how it changes function or influences function as well. So uh, the supplement company should have these things available. See, the, it, it gets it gets way more complicated than you guys think, right? You know, and a lot of times. I'm trying to save you guys money because if you're taking something that has never been studied or it's never shown any type of efficacy, it's pretty much useless, you know? So other things is you got to ask, you know, you got to ask the questions of um, what's not on the label. You know, a lot of times that there there's guidelines within the FDA that they're, they don't have to list certain ingredients that may be in the tablets that is not on the label. 
you know, up to is like a certain parts per million or a percentage or something like that. I don't, I don't know the exact specifics of it, but they don't have to list it on the label. And that's where things get scary. And that's why, like for me, I like to look at different types of third-party studies. Um, and there's many of these things coming out. And as more of these these services come out, I'll put these in the show notes. Um, I use Consumer Labs. You know, they do third-party testing. NSF does third-party testing as well. So what they do is they analyze the tablets at random, by the way. They don't, you know, call up the company and say, hey, can you guys send me over a bottle of your, your stuff I can, so I can analyze it and then write up a report. They buy it anonymously and then they run these tests and then they publish their studies um, so that the general public can see, hey, is this a safe thing? I know a lot of consumer reports do, you know, do reviews on, on some of the supplements. So these are, these are good resources that you guys can use because then you're seeing what's not on the label as well because there was a big study that came out about a couple, I want to say a decade ago maybe, on, on a lot of the like protein shakes or protein bars and they found that some of these protein bars had high levels of heavy metals. You know, this is not something that you're going to find on the label, right? You're not going to, the company's not going to put, hey, look, my bar has XYZ amount of protein, but it also has, it also has huge amounts of arsenic. They're not going to put that on the label, right? So you got to look at third-party um, resources as well. Um, you got to see, it. like I said, are there any clinical studies? You know, have, have their studies been uh, been done on this specific product? Because if there's not and you're, you're taking it, you may be the study in and of itself. And unfortunately, you don't want to go down that route. I've seen... I've seen too many people um, go down that route and uh, I, I've seen friends actually get hurt, you know, m- meaning that their organs start to dysfunction, that they ended up in the hospital. And I don't want you guys going down that road um, because of things that were unproven or, like I said, stuff that was in the, in the products that weren't on the label. You know, you got you to gotta be safe. So some of the um, certifications that like I like to look for, you know, is like NS- NSF certification, any type of third-party lab verifications, um, you know, is it like non-GMO certified? Uh, is it gluten-free, kosher, certified GMP? And this just goes, goes into like how is, how is this product how is this product manufactured? How is this or what are the sources of the product? Are, are, am I getting something that's clean? You know, I, I don't want to willingly put extra toxins into my body and pay for it, right? That's like that's like the worst things. Um, and then let's start looking at um, when you read these supplement labels, because sometimes it can get confusing, and then they change the things. So I'm not going to tell you it right now it, <laughs> what the current thing is, but I just want you to start looking at at the labels, and then. And pointing out a couple things because sometimes what people miss is some of the obvious things. So you look at the, the, the amount or the percentage of what's included there and you don't necessarily – you miss the part that says um, you know, per serving and how many, how many tablets is considered a serving. Right? So some people have the misconception that, oh, you know, this has 100% of the RDA but it's – you know, it, it, in one serving, but one serving is equal to three tablets and they're only taking one. So essentially you're getting a third of that RDA. So you're still not even meeting those uh, baseline levels. So th- those are some of the things that 
you gotta you gotta look out into man i got a lot of construction going on today around the around our house <laughs> so you guys may hear some banging outside there um now with all of that said let's start to wrap this up okay like i said you guys don't need to rely on supplementation as a crutch it all starts with diet and lifestyle okay we got to get that right got to get the diet and lifestyle set to where you're making proper choices that you're doing the proper things that will aid your body now with that said you look at that and you say okay well my lifestyle that i lead is you know as a higher stress um, i may not eat as well those are the times that i would recommend a supplementation now like I would always, if you're going to look at a long-term supplementation, I would always start with a whole food base. Now, for me, I I like if you're just if you're going to dive into the realm of supplementation, I like to go with um, a broad spectrum uh, green drink. Okay, you guys you guys may know I've been a fan of green drinks over a while. Um, these are dehydrated forms, um, non-pasteurized versions of the things that you're supposed to be getting in your diet that you're not. Hey, I'd rather you start there than jump straight into like a, a pill-based multivitamin, multimineral. All right, hopefully you got some value out of this uh, episode. And if you did, then please give us a shout out. Tell your friends, tell your family, uh, tag us on social media. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Triple Play Doc, on Twitter at Triple Play Doc. You can look us up on Facebook as well, uh, facebook.com forward slash Triple Play Doc. And this is the Triple Play Podcast. Now, if you guys want to dive deeper into this and other topics in our um, in our discussions, please head over to our Patreon page. It's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash Triple Play Doc. Now, there's different tier levels. There's about four different tier levels right now where you guys will be able to get the uh, like backstory information and, and, and maybe uh, more information about some of the stuff we talked on this episode and, and other episodes coming up. And there's another episode where, I mean, another tier level where I explain, um, I do book reviews and study reviews and dive deeper into that stuff, uh, answer your questions, do Q&A stuff. I also have a, a group coaching level. So if, you, if you're a patron at that group coaching level, where you guys get access to the different things that I'll teach you guys and answer your questions and kind of go through like a case study through uh, throughout the month. And then another level on top of that is you have basically full access to everything that I put on Patreon where I do a monthly webinar series where I go dive deep into it. And it's basically like the the courses that I put out. So like the Vitality course that I put out, I have another course called the four pillars of weight loss. I have another course coming out on anxiety. And these are like standalone courses that that people will will purchase. Um, But as a patron to our Patreon and and, uh, subscribing to our our Patreon account, you guys will be able to get access to that all the time. So go over to our Patreon account and whatever things that you feel comfortable with, you know, uh, that you see on our Patreon account or whatever level you guys want to be on. It would be awesome to have you guys there and further your your knowledge of in health. So you can go over to www.patreon.com forward slash triple play doc. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five star review. Connect with me on Instagram at triple play doc. 
Stay tuned for more episodes. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the entire world. Till the next episode, be well and aloha. Aloha.